Amen. Hi church, I pray that wherever you are, you are doing well. May God keep you and prosper you in everything that you do, even in the most impossible situation, because we have a God who can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ever ask of Him or even imagine. So let us continue to look to Jesus and to always trust in Him because God is always, I've been saying this time and time again, God is always in control in your life. Amen? So we, we can be assured that God is leading us uh, to greater things with Him, even if the surrounding may not uh, agree with that, it doesn't matter because God is not just doing something in the physical is doing something spiritually even in our midst. Amen? So we have been in a series uh, called The Tales of Two Brothers. In my last, in my previous sermon, I talked, we looked at the first set of brothers, Cain and Abel. Do you remember that? Uh, last week we talked about that. So the internal issue was anger. Everybody said anger. It is very important for us not to harbor unresolved anger in our lives because it will somehow it will find its way to come out of our lives. And in Cain's case, it ended up in murder. So can you imagine that that unresolved anger became a very powerful tool for destruction and also self-destruction. Cain did not just kill his brother, but he also killed his own calling. So it's important that we do not let anger take the advantage over our lives. And we, we are... You know, we are faced with, with anger every day. Every single thing can make us angry. Am I right? Yeah, when, when a pencil is, is not in place, we, we get upset. When we go to our office, you know, our, someone has used our office cup, you know, and we get upset. When we go and buy coffee and we wanted nice coffee, but we ended up with lousy coffee, we get angry. So it's very easy to be angry, but don't let angry, uh, anger have a foothold in our lives. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27, uh, 26 to 27 says, is the New Living Translation says, and don't sin by letting anger control you. So anger is always out to control you. But the Bible says, don't let it control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. Let me read that again. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. And I believe none of us here, we want the devil to be in our lives. What more for him to have a stake, a foothold in our lives. So today we are going to look at another set of brothers where conflicts have led to intense hatred and rivalry. Cain was about anger. Esau is about hatred. So this morning, we're going to talk about Esau and Jacob. Don't let anger linger till hatred takes root within us. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 25 and we're going to read from verse 29 all the way to verse 34. Genesis 25, verse 29 to 34. It says this, Now Jacob cooked a stew. And Esau came in from the field and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with the same red stew for I am weary. Therefore, his name, 
was called Edom. But Jacob said, sell me your birthright as of this day. And Esau said, look, I am about to die. So what is this birthright to me? Then Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. So Esau swore to Jacob and sold his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of, of lentils. And then he ate and drank, arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. The Bible says that Esau despised his birthright. And his birthright is the firstborn blessing. He sold it to Jacob for a bowl of stew. The firstborn blessing was a very important blessing in the Old Testament for the entire family. It was a way of binding the family together when the patriarch is no longer around. So that's why the firstborn blessing is meant for people who have a big heart. So that he will, this person will take care of the entire family when the head of the family is no longer around, he will assume that responsibility and not take his brothers or, or his siblings or, or, or his mother or whoever as rivalry in his, in his life. It was a blessing that comes with a huge responsibility. The Bible tells us that Esau the Bible used a very strong word that he despised his birthright. You know, a lot of times when we read this, we, we think that, oh, you know, this has been, uh, you know, set by God because Jacob was to be the chosen one. But I tell you what, the prophecy in verse 23 is not about Esau losing his birthright. Where the prophecy was given to, to, to uh, Rebekah, it says this, two nations are in your womb, two peoples shall be separated from your body, one people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. This has nothing to do with Esau's birthright. A lot of people think that, oh, you know, because of this prophecy, uh, eventually lost, you know, Esau lost his birthright. It's not. In fact, the Bible says, why would the Bible say that Esau despise? If God has already planned that to happen. It's not. But what happened was this, that prophecy is not about who's having the birthright. The very fact is this, Esau did not assume the responsibility or the importance of the birthright in his life. And here as we have read, the issue with Esau was his instant gratification. He was the kind of guy that lives for the moment. But friends, let me tell you what. All it takes is one moment that can lead to many broken paths. We have to be very careful. If today in our time, if we are keep looking for that one moment, for that moment in our lives, or living for that moment, it can lead us to many broken paths. And of course, in Genesis chapter 27, you'll find that Isaac blessed Jacob with the firstborn blessing. Esau was so furious that he hated his brother and wanted to kill him. Genesis chapter 27, verse 41, it says this, So Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then... 
I will kill my brother Jacob. Hatred is very destructive. Don't let anger linger until it becomes hatred in our lives. Hatred is a malice nursed inwardly. That's why he said in his heart, wait till my father dies and then I will kill Jacob. And verse 42, Genesis chapter 27, he says this, and the words of Esau, her, her older son, were told to Rebekah. So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Surely your brother Esau comforts himself concerning you by intending to kill you. Hatred finds comfort in revenge, in, retrib in retribution. Esau was just waiting for Isaac to die and then he will kill Jacob. Somehow, Esau thought that by killing Jacob would bring back the firstborn blessing to him. Friends, things that you despise will never come back to you, especially spiritual things. I pray that we will not think that by doing something else is going to bring back. It's only that when we come to a place where there's true repentance. In other words, if we look at the life of Esau, it says that in the book of Hebrews, if I'm not mistaken, that there's no place for repentance for Esau. I pray that we will not come to a place like that where we allow our hatred towards somebody to cause us to lose our place in the very kingdom of God. Esau's unresolved hatred was to only seek two main ends. Number one, self-elevation. Because he thought that by killing Jacob, he will assume back the firstborn blessing. He has really lost that firstborn blessing. Secondly, he was looking for the destruction of other people. Friends, when we have hate towards people, when there's hatred towards people, we have to be very careful when we take joy in people's failures or people's misfortune. The destruction of others should never be a source of joy for our lives. But that's what hatred does in us. So let's look at Esau, right? I'm talking about the things as within. Remember the, the anger that was in, 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 in uh, Cain's life in my previous sermon. Today, I want to talk about hatred. Hatred leads to wrong actions. Hatred will cloud our judgments and make us feel that we are doing the right thing you'll find that Esau, he went to the Ishmaelites to get a third wife because he, he have heard uh, from, from his father Isaac telling uh, Jacob, do not take uh, you know, a wife from the, the, the Canaanite women. Yeah, don't, don't, take from, from, you know, uh, don't take a wife from, from the land of Canaan. But go to your family and you know, to Laban and, and things like that. Right? And, and Esau heard that. 
So Esau, what happened was that he went to the Ishmaelites to get a third wife. Who were the Ishmaelites? They, these were Abraham's grandchildren from Ishmael. And then the Bible tells us that he married a woman by the name of Mahalath. She was related to Abraham. But she was from the other son that was not chosen to carry the covenant promise. Friends, even when Esau did that, it did not change his standing in the family. Esau knew that the Canaanite women would displease Isaac and Rebekah. And probably he wanted to make things right. He thought, okay, don't marry the Canaanite women. I'm going to find someone that's from the family. But he went to the Ishmaelites. This is a classic case of having the right motive but doing the wrong thing. Having an appearance is not the solution to an internal issue. So no matter what you do, externally, it brings to nothing, it means to nothing because the bottom line was that Esau still hated Jacob at that point of time. Hatred toward one another is not from God. Let me say that again. Hatred toward one another is not from God. 1 John chapter 2, verse 9 and verse 11, the Passion Translation says this, Anyone who says, I am in the light, while holding hatred in his heart toward a fellow believer, in his heart, alright, it says in his heart, is still in darkness. But whoever hates a fellow believer lives in the darkness, stumbling around in the dark with no clue where he's going, for he is blinded by darkness. So that's why Esau, even though he wanted to do, right, to do the right thing, he has no direction. And he ended up doing, making things worse. And his descendants became Israel's enemies. It's very sad. They, from a place of having the firstborn blessing because he despised that and hatred filled his heart, he ended up creating more issues because the hatred that was in his life. 1 John chapter 4, verse 20 says, Anyone can say, I love God, yet have hatred toward, one and, toward another believer. This makes him a phony. Because if you don't love a brother or sister whom you can see, how can you truly love God whom you can't see? 1 John chapter 3, verse 15, Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. So friends, I want to challenge you. If you hate someone today, listen to what the Bible says. There's no eternal life in your life. The only person that gets the short end of the stick is the person with hatred. So we must deal with hatred. Amen? Amen? Remember, I said this last week, self-check, self-check, self-check. It's so important that we need to look inwardly to see ourselves, to check ourselves time and time again. So how do we guard, you know, against having hatred? Number one, realize that we have to be careful with our words. Hatred may not immediately result in action. 
but hatred can result in very cruel words. Don't let words create a wider divide. Esau's words created fear. He said, when my father dies, I will kill Jacob. Even without the action of killing Jacob, his words was enough to create a divide in the family. The mother, Rebecca, was afraid. In fact, Isaac was trembling when he realized that, that you know, the, the blessing has been give, you know, uh, given to Jacob instead of, of, of Esau. Remember how Jacob had tricked Isaac to, to give him that, that, that firstborn blessing. But all this happened because he despised his birthright at the first place. Bible tells us in, in Proverbs 10, verse 12, hatred stirs up quarrels, but we have to watch what we say. Threats will never solve anything. Don't threaten each other. Don't threaten each other in your relationship. Don't threaten each other in your marriage. Don't say things, if you don't do this, I'm going to walk out. You don't know what you are saying. Because if you don't deal with it, hatred is going to take root in your life. Be careful. Realize that our words carry weight. So the Bible says, tells us, speak to one another with psalms and songs and praises, with hymns. Life and death is in the power of the tongue and everyone will eat of its fruits. Words are like seeds. When you speak forth, it sows. We don't sow by just giving of our finances. We sow by our words. We have to be very careful. Amen? Secondly, realize that we are not the judge. If you want to deal with hatred, we are not the judge. Amen? Hatred does not validate us to be judges. Romans chapter 12 verse 19 says, Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. So God is the ultimate judge, not us. Don't take matters into our own hands by talking bad about the other person, trying to ruin his reputation, or even refuse to talk to that person. Don't take matters into your own hands. We are not the judge. Being judgmental stems from self-righteousness and self-righteousness have no place in God's kingdom. Let me say this. Self-righteousness is not righteousness. I'm going to say it again. Self-righteousness is not righteousness. So if we think that we have the right to judge others, the Bible says we need to judge ourselves, not other people. Friends, a lot of times when, when, when hatred builds up, it's because we always judge others. I encouraged all of us last week, and I say this, our attitude towards other people will always be innocent until proven guilty. But when it comes to ourselves, it ought to be guilty until proven innocent. Why am I saying that? Because it's so important to always check Ourselves first above everything. And the last point. You guys okay? Amen? Realize 
that we are not sinless. The problem with us is that we hold high expectations on others, but not on ourselves. Friends, just like people have wronged you, you also have wronged people. Realize that none of us, we are sinless. There's no point to have hatred in our lives because it will not bring any good. In fact, it will bring destruction. Don't let hatred fill our inner being. Because when hatred have a foothold in our lives, we'll end up becoming toxic and destructive. Friends, I've been talking about dealing with our inner self, the, the, you know, the internals, I, I call it. Firstly, don't let anger have a hole in our lives. Don't let it linger too long. Don't let it linger in our lives. Because if it's not being checked, it will end up becoming hatred. And hatred can cause us to lose our place in the kingdom of God. So the Bible says, put away every anger, malice, wrath, and also hatred from our lives. So friends, I pray that this year we will learn, every one of us, that we will learn to deal with our anger, to deal with our hatred. I pray that none of us will hate anyone. None of us will come to a place where there's hatred, you know, in our lives. Because the Bible says this, those who have hatred will have no eternal life in them. Friends, I pray this year will be a year of setting free. Dealing with our internals are to set us free. It's not to bind us. We thank God that Jesus, when He hung on the cross, and He said this, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus did not hate the people who put Him on the cross. But Jesus extended His heart, His love to those that have wronged Him. And we sang that song just now. All hail King Jesus. It's one of my favourite songs. With that one last breath, Jesus said, it is finished. Every hatred can be washed away in your life. Because Jesus said, it is finished. If those have wronged you, let me tell you, we are not the judge over it. We are not to be judged about it. Let God be our avenger. Amen. I pray that we will always, always keep a right heart, right spirit, right attitude. Because anger, hatred is very easy to creep in into our lives. And it can't be masked. Sooner or later, it's going to come forth. I pray that we will deal with it before it comes forth. To a certain extent, 
every one of us have anger. To a certain extent, you know, we have hatred in our lives. But we've got to deal with it. Amen. Come on, let's look to Jesus. If until today, you still have hatred towards someone, I pray, let it go. Don't let it go on that person. Let it go in your life. Amen. And live the life that Christ has set us free for. There's no point hating someone. It will not bring you any good. Amen. So come on, let's look to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we look to you. Lord, if we are still struggling with having hatred in our lives or hating someone, give us the strength to release it all at your feet. Lord, we don't want to have hatred in our lives because we know that that is not from you. Hatred is not from you. We don't want our lives to have a place where the devil has a playground in us, a foothold in our lives. So Lord, we pray, give us the strength. Last week, we talked about needing your help to, to overcome unresolved anger. Today, we are asking you, help us to overcome hatred in our lives. Lord, our brothers and our sisters in Christ, in you, Lord, they are not our enemies. We are together in this and may we love one another instead of hating one another. So Lord, we pray, be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. I pray that this series will be a blessing to you. And I pray that even as, as you continue to just reflect on what I've been speaking these past two weeks, may God bring a revelation, a light into your heart, into your spirit. And come on, let's have a strong internal life that's pure and open before the Lord to work in our lives. Remember, don't have unresolved anger, don't have hatred, because these things are not from God. God bless you. May the love of the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you in your going out and your coming in. Amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Harvest Generation Church. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged.